Hi, Jochen. Uh, I, thir- I think we met the first time at Java One party. It was either the sun time, it was like the concert with Stink or before that. But we always met at the crazy cold, how is it, party or appreciation event, whatever it was, like Alcatraz, you know, minus degrees. Uh, for, for me, it was a, a really painful experience, but um, it's supposed to be fun, right? Yes, yes. I do remember that we saw uh, Sting about 10 times, but I think eight times it wasn't Sting, it was someone else. Yeah, someone else, exactly. And uh, you remember why we met? Because there were like 30,000 people and we stick together for unknown reason. So I cannot remember what was actually the, you know, uh, what is actually the reason. So why, why we stick together, we lots of fun and we had uh, lots of jokes going on, but why we met each other? Um, well, I, I, I was thinking about it. I think our first conversation dates from uh, um, Java 1, um, 1987 or uh, something around that. Uh-huh. And um, you, you, you gave a presentation about, uh, um, um, well, about the things that you still do. And, and uh, I liked that presentation. So then I decided, why don't I become a groupie? And ah. um, I became your biggest fan uh, by then, just by repeating what, uh, what you said. And um, actually... Um, kidding aside, the um, 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 at conferences people typically talk about complex stuff, and I do remember that your talk was about how to make complex stuff much simpler and cut the crap, and um, uh, that's what I think we we had we had in common. And um, as thing as well, he he likes to cut the crap as well. Oh, okay. So I get so they didn't knew this. So you saw my talk about probably you know hello world with one liner and not twenty. So what I usually do, and then you approached me and we had a chat about that at the uh, appreciation event, right? Yes, that that's how it must have gone, I think. Oh, very cool. And then what I find out that you are actually what what uh, we had another connection, but you don't know about that. I think Java One two thousand was my very first Java One. And as I remember, we got stickers with Linux Blackdown. And this was your fault, right? So <laughs> you actually ported uh, the JVM from somewhere to Linux. Is it true? Yeah, well, so, so, so that's how I, how I got started with Java. And I think that was in 1996 um, um, when I did my um, PhD. And um, um, I needed a, a programming language to do uh, scientific stuff, physical computations and visualization. And um, as a PhD student, you um, um, uh, you don't necessarily go with what is um, hot at the moment. You want to go with what will be cool in a few years. So because there was a new language, Java, I said, well, okay, let's, let's use Java. But also, um, I didn't want to use a Windows uh, workstation. I had a Spark Linux, uh, a Spark workstation, but I didn't want to use uh, a SunOS. So um, there was Linux for Spark um, very recently. Um, but the combination of uh, Java and Linux and Spark uh, wasn't available yet. And in general, Java and Linux wasn't available. So with a, with a team uh, called the Blackdown uh, team, um, we, we ported uh, Java to Linux because in those days, Sun said there is no market for Java on Linux. Who wants to use Java on Linux? We can't see anyone uh, using it. And um, so that's what, um, what we did with this uh, fine uh, Blackdown uh, team. And then gradually the market of uh, Java on Linux was uh, increasing 
And at a given moment, Sun uh, uh, assigned uh, its own engineers to it, and then they invited us at uh, Java 1, and they gave us a, uh, uh, an award, some t-shirts, and, and, and a big round of applause. And from that moment, they, they took over. Ah, okay. Because I remember in the year 2000, the marketing materials were from Sun. There was Blackdown mentioned in Java Linux, and there was like lots of stickers. I think I even have them. And I was actually delighted. It's like, oh, great stuff Sun is doing. And this was actually you with your team. How big was the team? Um, I think about about uh, uh, 12 people um, were involved. Um, some of them working on the uh, Intel port, others on the PowerPC, on the Spark port. Um, so it was um, um, it was a pretty small team um, with, where some people uh, came and go. But, um, well, most of the work were were done by 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 a few uh, very few people, and then when uh, first uh, uh, Sun added an engineer uh, for dealing with us, it was Steve Byron, and then Kelvin Austin, who later got famous because he did the one that four release, I think, um, was dedicated uh, by Sun to to join more or less join the Blackdown team, and um, well, they've always been been fair uh, to us. On the other hand, um, yeah. Maybe that's a missed opportunity because uh, we did lots of work and uh, uh, in an area that nobody believed in that would become relevant. And if you look now, um, I think most of the uh, of the servers running Java or running on uh, uh, Linux. But all in all, we were happy that our work uh, was 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 used and was taken over by 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 some. Yeah, you you've wrote actually history right now. I mean, Java Linux is the thing. I mean. It, it, yes, it did. Well, um, I I still feel um, sometimes I feel uh, um, a bit sorry about it because um, we 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 didn't benefit at all from it apart from the fact that now everyone is using it. Um, but um, yeah, those team members, I'm um, uh, I, I sometimes miss them. I I think I'm the only one who is still very active in the Java and uh, especially the Java uh, on uh, uh, the porting uh, Java to mobile and embedded devices and so. Uh, world. So, if uh, um, um, I, I still think that uh, the, the Blackdown team was was really a dream team, and it could be very uh, handy to uh, to keep that team alive and 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 port Java to um, other areas where companies might not be interested in immediately, but might become interested in it uh, uh, later. The same same story as we did with uh, uh, Java on Linux. Why the Blackdown name? Ah. Um, that that is actually a funny question, and I um, I have to admit that I learned the answer only um, uh, recently. Um, Blackdown, the um, the domain name and the uh, the administration was done by Carl Asha, um, and uh, um, um, he um, Blackdown was the um, I think um, the name of um, something personal to him, a street or a former girlfriend uh, or so. Okay. But um, I I didn't know where it came from, and nobody actually asked me um, until I met with uh, the Xamarin um, uh, CEO, uh, Ned Freeman, uh, a couple of years ago, and he used to be a friend of Carl Asher. So he explained why where the name um, uh, Blackdown came from. So it was interesting that someone who is currently at uh, Microsoft had to explain me where uh, a Java Linux name came from. Yeah, sure. So no, the new Microsoft is the old son. So it's at least my impression right now. 
it, 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 it seems to be going in that direction, yes. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, we are about 10 years away before Oracle buys Microsoft, right? <laughs> <laughs> or the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I thought is Black Hawk Down, you know? So the the origin name I thought was something with the Black Hawk, you know, like the chopper and down because I don't know, it's so like uh, something like this. Interesting about dream teams. I think it is really hard to maintain a dream team. This is impossible. What usually happens? A small dedicated uh, team of engineers achieve the impossible, and then you know a management kicks in, and either the teams grows and everything goes south, or the people just grow and leave the team. So I don't think it will be even possible to maintain your team. Yeah, I think that yeah, you're right. That's that's what you uh, what, what, what happens often. I guess I'm just a too nostalgic person to um, uh, to be happy uh, uh, with that. I still I still hope that one day Bill Joey will come back to uh, to Java and uh, and and start working on Ginny, uh, for example. But um, yeah. Uh, Bill Joy, I think he's he's building uh, islands or something like this. So self-sustaining islands. This was the last a few years ago. This is what he did, and uh, yeah, yeah, that might that might be true. He's actually doing some very uh, very important uh, uh, stuff. Um, um, that's uh, I think he was involved in some battery uh, development for making renew renewable energy. So um, he's tackling uh, climate uh, uh, problems, which is which is uh, similar to Ginny, very important as well. Yeah, cool. So, um, Blackdown, and then uh, what I wanted to ask you uh, before Blackdown, so your physics work, so PhD, what you actually did? Why you needed the visualizations? Um, my, my PhD thesis was about uh, um, uh, ultrasonic inspection of uh, laminated materials. So we sent uh, waves through uh, materials, can mm -hmm. be the earth, can be air, air, uh, airplane uh, materials. And based on the reflection of those materials, reflection and transmission, you, you know more or less what's happening inside those materials. So that requires lots of computations and lots of uh, visualization. Mm -hmm. So in order to do this, you need, um, you need an IT infrastructure that can do um, uh, very, uh, a very uh, uh, large number of uh, uh, matrix uh, multiplications uh, and also that, that can visualize the results um, real time. Mm -hmm. Um, and in uh, 1996, um, that was not obvious. Um, uh, even today, it's still not uh, not obvious. But um, actually, although um, uh, my background is completely in uh, uh, in physics and, uh, and and science, and I really love that part, the bottleneck is uh, um, uh, is often um, yeah that you need good IT uh, infrastructure and programming languages to to work on um, uh, scientific uh, projects. So that, that explains the link. So now I'm curious. So you are basically a scientist with a little bit Java knowledge. <laughs> and now, uh, how would you prefer Python or R over Java? Or you still like Java for your scientific work or scientific hobbies? Um, I, I, I still like uh, Java. I do know that uh, um, many people um, use uh, R or Python um, because it's, uh, it's easy to get uh, started with. But... Um, sooner or later, you will still run into um, uh, into issues like, for example, multi-threading um, uh, concurrency, um, access to uh, uh, to data storages. You need to um, uh, to get um, uh, data from uh, different data sources uh, over the internet. Um, they will um, the connection will drop uh, uh, in the middle. Um, you need to add security. You need to analyze uh, uh, things, and um, and then you. 
you can start building those um, tools that you need um, yourself or you can um, move to Java which has uh, most of the tools already there and um, well since I now know at least uh, a few bits about Java for me it's uh, uh, always interesting to to start right away uh, in Java. I'm doing um, some scientific projects now and um, they're all in Java and I think it's um, sort of an analogy what uh, um, uh, James Governor um, and uh, Mark Average uh, uh, are saying if web shops uh, become mature they turn into Java uh, shops. So what you often see is that uh, um, if um, if a company wants to, to create a web presence and uh, they want to sell something online or so, they start with uh, um, uh, PHP or whatever um, uh, that that gets them uh, started very fast. But then if they um, uh, are becoming more popular and are running into more problems, they need all these tools that uh, Java provide. So then they turn into, um, uh, into Java uh, uh, companies. And I think from a scientific part, it's, uh, it's, um, it can be more or less the same. Um, especially now that uh, um, Java provides very good visualization tools and also very good computation uh, uh, tools. There's a, a library, uh, ND4J, uh, which is uh, sort of a, a wrapper around the typical uh, numerical um, uh, libraries. Uh, and uh, it's, it's equally fast as, a, uh, as native code. And for the visualization um, with uh, uh, JavaVex, um, we have a, a, a great tool that allows for a fast visualization, real-time uh, uh, analysis, and uh, um, a direct uh, binding with uh, um, ever-changing data. Okay, cool. So, uh, so there is no need to learn Python. So it's really nice because I was uh, like, what's the thing about Python and R? Is Java not enough? And I was really about you know just to do something, uh, yeah, to 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 to. Uh, use a nice formatter <laughs> for Python <laughs> and I learn the syntax this way. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to. Um, so, okay. So then uh, Blackdown and then you started Lodge On or what was your story? So, I mean, so what was, what you did then? So we just uh, stick with fun projects or? Well, um, with, uh, um, uh, with Blackdown, we, um, we got some, uh, some attention and um, as a consequence, there were some companies asking me for um, for help with uh, Java in general. So that's why, um, <clears throat> although it wasn't a clear decision for me, I became a Java consultant um, doing doing uh, Java work. And then there was uh, um, uh, one company that I did consulting for that I liked a lot uh, because they were doing something uh, something cool. And that was a telematics company uh, uh, in Belgium, and they. Um, they were creating um, uh, the the third generation of telematics, um, which actually means that um, inside the car you have an uh, uh, infotainment system, and you can um, uh, download applications to it, and uh, different uh, service providers can write services for different uh, cars, and then you need some um, something in the middle that negotiates uh, that, for example, on this car you can have this service, and so. That was um, 1998, I think, and it was long before the App Store and the Play Store were invented, but it was more or less that, uh, uh, that concept. So um, in order to realize this, um, you needed end-to-end -end Java. And I'm always, I always was very interested in uh, combining Java on uh, small devices and Java on uh, big enterprise devices. So for this telematics company, um, 
we needed both an enterprise architecture for um, managing the different services and, uh, uh, and also the APIs that they could use. And also we needed to be able to run those uh, Java uh, code on telematic systems. And typically uh, car manufacturers, they don't want to spend too much money on the, uh, uh, on the client uh, stuff. It's like actually with everyone in this industry, there's, there's not much money for making things run on the client. The real value is on the back end. But if you want to, um, to have people using it, you need an end-to-end -end chain. So therefore, with uh, um, Acuna, the telematics company, we needed um, Java on the client as well. And with my background in Java porting to Linux, um, I did some, um, yeah, some work there with uh, Java on uh, uh, embedded clients. Uh, we had our own Java virtual machine and, uh, um, and we were running um, Java software uh, for um, managing the whole, um, uh, uh, the whole ecosystem. Actually, we were using the OEGI um, uh, platform for um, running different services from different uh, providers in that system. Okay, I wanted to skip this part with OSGI. <laughs> uh, so you were one of the OSGI spec leads, right? I um, I founded the OSGI Vehicle Expert Group. Um, so ah, so okay. OSGI was um, um, was was very broad, mm -hmm. and uh, we wanted to use um, something uh, in in telematics. And um, then we started a, a specific group in OSGI for seeing how how we can come up with APIs that are specific uh, to the vehicle uh, uh, industry. For example, we created the position service and uh, how to access the canvas and so. And I think one of the reasons why I was the founder of that vehicle expert group was that um, I was neutral. Um, so there were BMW and Volkswagen and uh, uh, Ford and uh, many other companies in there that had their own standards. And um, we created uh, um, some sort of a Java standard that 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 got a buy-in from from those uh, those vendors, and that was actually my my main reason on um, why why I wanted to join OSGI because in those days, so it's still before 2000, um, Java at Sun was still pretty closed, and OSGI was um, was relative uh, open, uh, um, at least if you had enough. VC money from a company to um, to um, to buy a membership and to, to to go to the conferences. So at that moment, um, Java was uh, um, more close than OEGI. Um, fortunately, with the the change in the JCP and it's 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 still ongoing. Um, the official Java has become much more open and uh, welcomes much more um, uh, feedback from the uh, from the community. So um, therefore. Um, um, at this moment, I think there's less need in yet another standardization organization because Java is more open now. Oh, this is what I didn't knew. I, I thought you are, uh, you know, behind the OSGI initiative for the enterprise, but for cars or embedded devices, it absolutely makes sense. So always, well, always uh, uh, when we meet, I, I was like, oh, you are behind OSGI, so it's, no, nobody's perfect. But right now, <laughs> I, I see your motivation. So... Uh, so I'm also for it. So OSGI on a better device is just perfect, you know, because there is somehow defined deployment model. Without that, there is nothing. Um, yeah. Yeah, true. There, there was nothing. Well, actually, there was something, uh, and, and it came at the same moment as, uh, as, as Genie. And uh, um, uh, OSGI and Genie and, and, and Jess, which was uh, then the Java embedded specification, mm -hmm. was actually created by Sun and then donated to OSGI. So OSGI um, uh, still... Uh, was built on 
on software uh, created by uh, by Sun, many things have have been changed. But the uh, OSI on the enterprise was uh, started uh, after I was gone, so um, yeah. the company ran out of money, and uh, um, and that was the end of uh, my involvement in 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 OSI. Oh, very um, good. So uh, no more fun. So uh, absolutely. So you did the right thing, and after you were gone, everything went south, right? So trying they, to have lots of bundles on the server. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, What's it was really funny because around 2002, uh, I was asked by Volkswagen to help them with OSGI. So, okay, you can have it. So, I showed them what OSGI is and said, okay, uh, nice, but this is not about a car. It's like, no, but you asked me about OSGI, you have it here. So, okay, what we can do? So, okay, uh, probably what you would like to have is like a car API, you know, how fast go this car and w whatever. So, what we created from scratch with a CAN bus uh, connection, our car API. And uh, surprisingly, Volkswagen was very open about that. So there was uh, no NDAs. Uh, they even donated a, pat a patent to me, which I'm not very proud of, with my only single patent I have, actually. They just wanted to give me a patent. Okay, so why not? Um, and uh, and uh, the software run on open source Java called Cafe. <laughs> and it turned out that it was uh, Dalibor Topic or Topich behind, so now at Oracle. And we just used that to port it to the hardware running in the car. And I remember Dalibor you know, uh, wrote on my on my blog, like, what I wrote is, uh, like, I don't care about open source. Uh, what I would like, just have the source code, you know. So I was not about the whole uh, open source politics. As, as, as long as I have the source code, I'm happy with it. And uh, Dalibor uh, commented, yeah, it's uh, not that easy because of licensing or whatever. So that was my first uh, first uh, contact to someone who is actually interested in OSGI, was Volkswagen, and someone who wrote a JVM, which was Dalibor. And um, yeah, this was actually, we didn't met each other, but probably I read your name somewhere. And there was an old OSGI book, the only book from Sun Microsystems. This is the uh, the very first OSGI book, and I tried to find it right now, but I didn't find it. And uh, yeah, this is this was my first contact with OSGI back then. That, that's interesting. Uh, um, uh, in a number of ways, uh, and there was well, a Sun Sun embedded <laughs> server was what I exactly used, yes. Sun embedded server, and there is another commercial German company who used which used uh, OSGI as well. I forget. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> service platform exactly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the the Java embedded server was indeed uh, um, donated, um, I think, by by, by Sun to to OSI as as the base for uh, for OSI. It was uh, Li Gong who was involved there. Um, mm -hmm. It's interesting that you mentioned those names. I didn't know that uh, Dalibor um, uh, worked for uh, Kaffe um, and Transvirtual. Um, Not Transvirtual. He was like a student. Is a very similar background as you. And he just uh, uh, contributed to the porting cafe to somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because when I talked about the telematics company, um, they actually hired me um, to um, to help them with uh, cafe mm -hmm. because they were using cafe. Uh, but uh, I think there was no RMI. So I think I implemented RMI uh, mm -hmm. for cafe. Um, you know what I used with cafe? You remember Jaxta, JXDA? Yes, peer to peer yes. technology. So we actually yeah. implemented this on top of Kaffee. So the idea was that the uh, car to car can actually communicate, you know, <laughs> in the game of there is uh, some congestion on the highway. So, oh, um, <laughs> and it worked that, actually. 
Yeah, that, that's funny. I created something similar. I had a code named Poncho, and it was built on Genie. Um, and, it, and it was indeed, it, 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 it was more or less the same, so car-to-car -car communication. Uh, also, um, Wi-Fi and 4G were uh, non-existent uh, at, at, at that moment, and that, that would also extend your, um, your range. Uh, if there's one car who has a connection, then the other cars can share his network as well. And so, so it's, uh, um, Juxta, I think, was, was, was very promising, um, and, um, and Ginny as well. Okay, then, then a short story. So on, on the, the way back from Volkswagen, I was in the train. And I watched two scientists talking about rabbits. It's like, what the hell, rabbits? And they talk about rabbits, satellites, and transactions. It's like, what's going on here? It's like, uh, what, you know, what transactions, satellites, and rabbits? And it's like, well, our job is to count rabbits. Like, and you get paid for this? Is yeah, we count rabbits in Germany. So okay. It was a little bit boring, and then I just listened to did my work, some hacking, and they told, then they, they switched the conversation to pigs. And the problem with the pigs is the PhD students had to cut a pig, and the pig got a small uh, computer, which is, was like, uh, like Fitbit, you know, like a fitness uh, tracker. So there was the blood pressure, pressure and, and whatever they, they did. And this was uh, very dangerous by wild pigs. And I was uh, with my peer-to-peer -peer idea and cars, so I thought about that. It's like, what you could do, you could create, you know, a pig swarm. So every pig will get an own device, and they will communicate via peer-to-peer. -peer. So if you catch one pig, you will get, you know, the uh, data from the from from all the pigs, and they were really excited. So they were supposed to go out in Nuremberg, the German city. And they stayed until Munich just to discuss, you know, the ideas, but they had no funding, no, no budget. So uh, to discuss the idea how they could implement your peer-to-peer -peer technology for pigs. So, uh, and, and this was, uh, I, I talk about this at the conference, but, you know, this is very dangerous to talk about white pigs at conferences back then. And someone, and someone listens to this and created a startup on Oktoberfest where, uh, where from they had communication from a mobile phone to mobile phone, peer-to-peer. -peer. This was like, you know, like distributed Facebook. Uh -huh. And it worked well. So this is the peer-to-peer -peer story with pigs and, and, and social Oktoberfest. Cool. So somehow Oktoberfest, pigs, and cars are somehow related, so I would say, <laughs> from, from the technological point of view. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, okay, so now I got you, and then what is your way to, so you, you became consultant, and then I probably know you from then, right? So this was the, or is it later? So what happens then? Still lodge on? So you remained consultant? Yes, so um, while I was doing telematics work, I also started uh, um, uh, uh, my own uh, consulting company, Lodge On, um, where, um, where we do just some Java consulting. So... Um, we were small and we are still small um, because that's it's um, we provide um, um, uh, top expertise in uh, uh, in in Java. So, uh, for example, uh, companies with performance uh, problems um, or with uh, specific uh, um, Java uh, uh, questions, um, those are the ones that we always um, uh, targeted. But we we didn't have uh, sales. And, uh, and and marketing, so it's really just the companies that that came to us and asked us something that yeah that we did that we did some work uh, for. I always wanted to to do more in um, uh, uh, social media 
and um, we created a framework uh, um, uh, for um, for social uh, for social networking and for integrating with social networks. And that was also well, it's a long time ago. It was 2003 or so. And um, when we then um, uh, so apart from doing the consulting, we were doing this 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 work in in well Java with social media. But when uh, we showed one question about the consulting. So you are providing so low-level services like you know if someone has trouble with the JVM itself, or rather than you know higher level like design and architecture or everything. Well, 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 both actually. It's it's we just whoever came to us and who was uh, serious um, and who who had a problem that we thought we could fix, we would um, uh, uh, we would fix it. Um, of course, um, the more that uh, the problem is in our area, for example, um, um, web design um, is something that um, we don't excel at. So um, we, we, we typically uh, never did that, actually. Um, but um, the, well, the, um, everything from architecture to, um, uh, to, to fixing problems uh, with performance is, is, is something that that, that we, we got. Actually, in reality, um, it was less architecture and more uh, problem fixing because um, I don't know how, uh, how, how you do that, but um, if, for example, there's a big project in Belgium, mm-hmm. we can't even uh, apply for it because um, they send a paper which is uh, uh, 50 pages long and you have to, to file uh, lots of documents it takes hours and hours to file those documents, and typically we we are not even allowed uh, to participate because um, you need to be at least 20 people, and for everyone you need a, a backup, and so so it's lots of administration. So we are not allowed to do that, even though um, we could. Uh, of these 50 pages, there's one page about the technical problem, and if you read that, you say, okay, I can probably do that in uh, five days or so. But we're not allowed to do that because we're not a big company. So what happens then is they give this to, to a big uh, consulting firm and they have uh, architects and managers and designers and, and, and so and so. So the architecture is typically created uh, before, before we come in. And occasionally some of those big projects uh, fail and then they, um, um, uh, uh, and that's where we come in. Uh, typically when the budget is almost gone, so they only have a small budget, so then they hire uh, a small consulting firm to, um, to fix their, uh, their problem. But um, um, the being involved in the initial architecture is something that's that's very hard for a small consulting yeah. company in Belgium. I don't know whether you are you are aware, but I'm even smaller than your company. I'm just a singleton, so yeah. uh, so I have to be you know really cautious not to be have you know split personality or something like this. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's why I wonder how you uh, how you do architecture as a yeah, singleton. Um, very similar to yours. So uh, I don't, I do not participate in any, you know, uh, initial how it's called, you know, how, how it's called the right name, you know, is the documents writing or whatever. I try to avoid this at all because it just takes too much time, and uh, I get always involved in so-called task forces. So if something doesn't work, uh, in for. Uh, I just get called. I don't know how. I guess because I'm long enough in the Java space. So uh, this is similar to your story. So I have no marketing, nothing. And uh, and then, uh, similar to you, except because I'm a singleton, the budget for me is huge, but for the companies is tiny, you know, because uh, comparing to the overall project budget, it is actually nothing. And if I help them the next time, they usually will ask me for a short gig about initial architecture. 
So this is how it usually works. Usually I starting to solving problems and then I get sometimes the chance, you know, to do something from the beginning, like uh, uh, how it's called, kickstarting or whatever. So this is actually two modes. I never stick in a project which works. So what I see is just problems. And, and therefore, you know, all my talks at conferences, actually not talks, it's a little bit, uh, I show what I actually usually do and, and how incredibly easy sometimes it is to fix problems just by deleting the stuff what no one understands. And uh, this is, uh, sounds funny, but this is actually what I do all the time. Um, yeah, this, is, this was about, so, so we are actually very similar, except you have a small company and I'm just a singleton. Uh, for similar reasons. I don't like, you know, management and all the overhead. I just like spend full time with tech. This is actually my goal. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sounds very familiar. Now, I, I, I do realize that for big companies and governments that uh, that they need uh, more uh, administration and uh, structure and uh, blah, 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 blah. And so, so it's, 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 it's tough to find a balance between, um, um, because everyone can go to them and say, hey, I will do this right for you and, uh, and, and don't worry, it will work from the first time. So how can they believe uh, someone? So therefore, yeah, they need all this paperwork to, um, well, yeah, not to fix the technical stuff, but at least then there's someone responsible if it doesn't work. Yes, but I think it changes slightly. So what I recognized the last three years, the people just need working solution and they are no more interested in, you know, uh, PowerPoint slides, and this is uh, this is what at least in Germany it's, 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 it changes for a better. What's also happened several times. So I, I perform some code reviews, and I say, okay, uh, this could be you know uh, improved a little bit, and then I got hired actually by the company which which I criticized, which was remarkable. So I never thought about this. So actually, the huge consulting companies hired me to help them. Uh, to provide in a code. So this also happened several times. Okay, so your social tool, as I know, it was almost a JSR. So you submitted a Java specification request, right? Um, yeah, well, that, that was that was years after we uh, we started uh, with it. But yeah, indeed, um, I think it was uh, uh, Werner Kyle who was involved there as well. Um, yes. Yeah, for for, for, for getting in a, um, yeah, a JSR and, and a Java standard for for dealing with, uh, with, with with social media now the the problem uh, at that moment and uh, um, well and we had that problem uh, long before uh, as well was that if we if we go to big customers and we say hey you can um, log in via Facebook or um, if you um, you can have your users say something and then our software will make sure that that gets tweeted then they looked at us and said hey, but that that that's for kids that's that's not serious. Uh, that's that's. There is no business in uh, uh, in this social uh, uh, media. So, when we were talking about this in the early days, um, uh, potential customers saw uh, social media as just some uh, some waste of time um, and uh, something not serious. And um, while they were probably very right about this, um, today. Um, big companies and especially marketing agencies go to the same companies and they say it's very important that you integrate with Facebook and that you uh, uh, position yourself on Instagram and so on. And now there are huge budgets from the big companies uh, uh, for this uh, social media integration. But it's the um, yeah, I think the eternal pain of a uh, um, uh, of being a small company, a startup, coming with a new idea and trying to introduce that to um, to established companies. That, that that often doesn't work. If if a big name 
goes to goes to a company and tells exactly the same as 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 a new kid on the block, then all oh, the big name has more uh, credibility. So therefore, when we try to standardize the um, the social uh, the, the the social media access in in Java, I think there was not enough interest in uh, uh, social media. Apart from that, it's of course it's not easy to standardize this, and um, there are many things in Java that uh, um, that I would like to see standardized, but um, not everything can happen uh, at the same uh, uh, moment. Mm -hmm. What was the name? So you had a specific name for that. I, I forgot it. So you name it. So what was the name of the project? I forgot it as well. I, I think Werner came up uh, with this. Um, <coughs> um, Doesn't matter. So I just uh, thought the, I, I, this was a remarkable name. And uh, I was not clear what it's actually doing. So, but... Uh, just uh, using as an open ID connector, something like this. So it was, you were just too early. Yes. Well, I, yeah. That, that was at least that was my goal in the first stage, sort of an open ID uh, connector or an abstraction over or out and open ID, um, just to uh, to uh, to standardize the authentication, not the authorization, but the authentication part, where um, third party providers like uh, Facebook and 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 Google Plus. And, and Twitter and so uh, could could be used. So it means uh, you are a fame on Facebook, web, uh, WeChat, and uh, WhatsApp, and uh, what else? WhatsApp and MySpace. MySpace and Snapchat. I forgot actually. <laughs> Snapchat, right? Yes. Uh, I think I participate there as much as you do. Okay, I don't even have an account. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay. Um, so after this. Uh, You started again with JavaFX. So I remember, so you were really early with JavaFX, and I also remember at conferences, so you said, I cannot sleep, I have to hack something, and uh, the demo was remarkable. It was, I think, JavaFX on the iPad, or what, something like this in this direction. I think this was Java 1 later, and you didn't sleep the whole night, and just uh, the, next, the next day it worked. So... Uh, This is what I remember. So I couldn't participate in the appreciation event because of hacking or something like this. Yeah, that's always a tough choice. But it's been the magic of Java One forever. Um, when, um, uh, well, especially in the uh, in the early days when so many new things were announced, and uh, then it was it was a matter of um, so it was announced at the at, at the keynote, and then you had a, a few hours to decide which uh, of the cool announcements am I going to play with. Mm -hmm. And uh, when JavaX was announced, I still, yeah, uh, um, I still remember how they did it. But uh, um, that was something that immediately grabbed my attention. I said, "Well, finally, we can do something uh, uh, cool with uh, uh, visualization in, in, in Java again." And actually, when I said that, um, I started with Java because of my PhD. Um, I needed calculations and visualizations. Now, back in those days, calculations in Java with an interpreter mode only. There was no, no hotspot initially, so mm -hmm. forget that. So it was extremely slow. Visualization uh, with, with, with Swing on my old Sparks uh, uh, station was incredibly slow. So to be to be honest, um, uh, and I'm not proud of it, but I couldn't use Java for my PhD thesis mm -hmm. because of no maths and no UI. But then with, with JavaFX, which was levering the GPU, um, I realized that this this can be a game changer. So so this can make Java popular on uh, on, on 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 the client again, and on many clients, uh, uh, not only on desktop but especially on those uh, mobile and embedded devices that we that we wanted to run Java on for for forever. And mm -hmm. um, that's uh, um, that's where I yeah I spent I spent my 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 nights on. That was also 
at the Java conferences where I didn't uh, uh, talk yet. So I, I went to, to the conference and I could just see, listen, and hack. And then, um, yeah, you don't need a night for um, sleeping is not an option, as uh, uh, John Gage would say. Yes, this is also uh, my impression of Java 1 or the, the effect. So even the last Java 1, so I had so many notes. I've wrote so many notes and so many ideas just by being there and drinking coffee with the others. So I'm still not done, you know, just consuming or the Java 1 effect is still there. Something uh, just a kind of special conference. And uh, what I what I do, I just attend talks. I'm, I'm not chatting a lot, you know, at the halls. I'm just using the conference as it's supposed to be, you know, to attend the, the sessions and really enjoy it. And I learn a lot. So um, this is not a very, I think, very fashionable to say nowadays because many attend Java conferences just to talk to other people and not attend the talks at all. So we could do this somewhere else. But uh, conference is a conference, so I really enjoy it. Um, okay, now I got it, your JavaFX, and then you stick with JavaFX, right? Um, yes, well, um, with JavaFX and with the combination uh, uh, to the uh, to the backend systems, because um, that that uh, it, it 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 didn't change since with Telematic we were combining the the embedded uh, uh, devices with uh, uh, the big enterprise uh, uh, systems, and with JavaFX, um, uh, my my. Impression was this is a nice way of visualizing things, but it can only work if what you visualize makes sense and 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 has a business value. So therefore, the connection. Uh, so where where does the data come from that you have to visualize? In 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 demos, you can easily have all the demo on your uh, all the data on your local laptop. But in reality, what you want to visualize are um, uh, data coming from backend systems. You want to visualize uh, real-time traffic. You want to visualize um, uh, weather information, or you want to, to visualize uh, connections with, with, with different people. So that means there are lots of uh, data and processing of, of, of data that needs to be integrated with the UI. But the processing of the data happens at the uh, cloud environments, and you, you, uh, visualizations happens at the uh, at the client. So my, my first work with JavaFX, and it's still the most important, is um, how can you couple this uh, great UI framework with um, data um, uh, and uh, uh, data store and with uh, uh, business uh, uh, processing? So that is where, uh, why I um, uh, created uh, um, the DataFX project mm -hmm. a long, long time ago, uh, together with uh, Jonathan Jarrett and uh, uh, William Antonio. And um, in that in that project, we um, we extended the JavaFX observable to sort of a, a remote observable. So, and one of the cool things about JavaFX is that you can have an, uh, uh, an observable object, which is just a, a Java object, uh, actually an interface observable. And if the value of that observable changes, then immediately a, user, uh, a UI component can change as well because the, um, uh, the behavior of the UI control can be bound to the value of the observable. And we took that one step further. Instead, so the observable is typically just a POYO, but you can have the observable running in a cloud. And then if somehow the data in the cloud changes, the, uh, the UI control on the client changes immediately as well. So that's very reactive, actually, and very yeah, responsive. Exactly. Exactly. So the Java VIX was actually a reactive framework from the beginning. The whole data binding um, is, was actually, uh, if you look at Wikipedia, definition of reactive programming and compare it with JavaFX. So JavaFX implemented exactly that. 
Yes, and, and I, I think it's so. It was indeed very, very early to 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 implement this, uh, but it's still uh, still very relevant because it it's not only a reactive framework, but it also it is Java and it combines all the strengths of uh, Java. The the Java FX APIs um, look very very similar to the uh, to the other uh, java apis so it's not that you have to make a choice as a java developer you you, you just keep using your java uh, patterns and your and 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 completely natural you will flow to this uh, more reactive way of uh, uh, visualizing uh, 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 data that might change yeah in enterprise project uh, we use that for uh, input validation which which uh, really nice because you can say you know uh, when input uh, first is not null and the second input not null, then activate button, which is really easy to read and is really uh, uh, comparing with Swing, you would have to use you know mediator pattern with lots of if else. In Java FX was always very clean. Yes, so yeah, they they really spend lots of time on the uh, on the API. Well, at least for uh, uh, Java FX two, then and uh, um, um, yeah, it shows. Mm -hmm. And then you, so after the DataFX, then you stick with JavaFX. And uh, what I also recognize, you were on the server side also from the beginning. So you use Glassfish uh, from the v very early days, right? Yes, yes, from uh, really from day one. I don't remember exactly when it was announced uh, at Java 1, um, 2000 and a bit, uh, I think. Mm -hmm. um, well, before Glassfish, I was using a number of uh, application servers, for example, the Sun, Sun One application server, mm -hmm. but also Jables and Java uh, um, Web Server. You used the Java Web Server, the very first one. Yes. Yeah, yes. this was nice with the <laughs> Applet Management Console. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, um, yeah. I yeah, I think I went through all of them uh, from the moment that they were announced. Um, and um, my biggest frustration with uh, uh, with at least with everything from Sun, so I know JBoss was was already more open then. But with everything from Sun, my biggest frustration was something wasn't working that I, as I expected, and I couldn't find out what was happening because I didn't have the source code. Mm -hmm. And then at Java One, they said so they were going to announce uh, um, uh, J2E, whatever it was still called uh, J2E at that moment, mm -hmm. and we will make the reference implementation open source, and we will start it from scratch. Well, starting from scratch was a bit exaggerated, but it was open source. And that's why, um, again, the same night, so I probably missed that appreciation event uh, as well then, um, uh, I started, uh, I downloaded uh, uh, the code and I started uh, uh, looking into it. Um, and um, it was such a relief because um, still it happened uh, uh, very often that when running uh, uh, applications, uh, uh, even in production, uh, it's not doing what you want and or you get some weird exceptions and then you don't know what to do. But starting with Glassfish, I could uh, uh, I had the source code. I could look at um, uh, at the flow and and see. Okay, this is exception is probably thrown because this is null and this is passed here and there. So it's uh, so this one uh, must uh, use this value, and so that is the reason why it's not working. Uh, it's it's clearly a bug. So let's try to fix it and um, create a patch and send it upstream. But it will take a while before that's accepted. But meanwhile, we understand why there's a problem, so we can create a workaround. So Glassfish really made my enterprise development extremely more productive. So funny because I completely ignored the ignored the first Glassfish. It's like this is for, I knew the uh, oh I gave her some courses for Sun Microsystems, and I was forced to use in the Java e courses the uh, SDK reference implementation. It was like Sun internal tool, 
and where you had uh, like a swing swing deployment tool and I had to use it and this was terrible so at the end what I actually used I used Eclipse and JBoss not to use NetBeans I hated NetBeans back then with the reference implementation was also terrible and after they came out in Java 1 it's like no way I will never use this stuff uh, I just stick with JBoss and BA I was actually BA was great back then it was lean and fast and the uh, Sun stuff was slow and terrible and then some client asked me about the glassfish. I'm saying, okay, if they if 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 the clients ask me about a glassfish, I will look at that. And it absolutely changed my perception. It was a complete rewrite, or at least a porting from the old one. And they have already, you know, the uh, how it's called flow, like the visualization, what's going on. I think it was called flow something. And uh, there was in the uh, admin console, which was usable, which was really nice. And uh, I had the insight and the command line interface, which was also there. And then um, what I, I, I wrote a blog post, which I didn't like and what I liked, and the engineers picked me behind the scenes and said, okay, this is actually a good idea. So I knew the engineers then, and then I just like Glassfish, and more and more projects, I use Glassfish. And what I found a genius idea is to couple the reference implementation with commercial support. And this was a completely missed opportunity by Sun Microsystems, I would say. I don't know why. If I mentioned it, the clients usually bought support. But uh, Sun was absolutely not capable of selling this. And this is what made me angry. It's like, what's going on here? It's like you have the unique opportunity to selling services and nothing happens, right? Well, yeah, I, I think I made the exact same comment, uh, um, even, even going one step further. So um, selling services uh, uh, around it would be cool. But we were running a number of commercial projects using Glassfish and we were hosting themselves on EC2 and we had to upgrade the application server uh, every now and then and we had to make sure that everything, everything kept running. So I said, why don't, uh, why wouldn't Sun provide um, Glassfish on a server? And um, no, nobody was interested uh, uh, in it. There was a company, a Russian company, I think, J Elastic, I think they're still, still mm-hmm. around and they were doing that. But actually, what 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 I was uh, proposing Sunday they should do is 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 what's what's now called the Oracle Java Cloud, I mm-hmm. think, and uh, um, it's it's so so much more better for for uh, for the customer if he can just rely on okay, so this is uh, an application server provided by a company. I don't have to worry about it. If there are issues with it, I can call that company, and they will sure that it uh, they will make sure that it runs uh, for me. So, um, but yeah. Again, I think those in, in, in those days that model wasn't uh, um, wasn't um, wasn't clear yet to everyone, and then companies like uh, um, like J Elastic did the um, hosting of a uh, uh, Glassfish um, uh, and, and and providing support for it. So that's also where the Payara guys uh, jumped in and doing a great job in um, yeah an open source product alone. Is in my opinion not enough. Um, yeah. you, you really need to to have this 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 commercial support. But uh, I think it was absolutely clear back then, but I don't know why they didn't. Do you remember the SunGrid? Yes. So, and yeah. the SunGrid was a nice idea, but the uh, execution was terrible. So you had to, you know, to zip everything and upload somewhere. And I always wonder why you are not using Java E for that, because then you, you have just a war with your business logic. You push it to your grid and you are done. So somehow they, they didn't recognize the power, you know? Well, yeah, I, I, I fully agree. And I never understood why. So maybe it's time to ask uh, uh, someone who was involved uh, back in those days. Um, that was even before Oracle uh, yeah. bought Sun. That, uh, uh, and Sun had a cloud. So, so the Sun Grid and the Sun Cloud, so they, they had a cloud, but they didn't. Uh, um, yeah, it could, have been, it could have been easy. But 
it's always easy to um, to look uh, 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 to look to the past and say they should have done this and this. Yeah. It's uh, um, probably had very good reasons. Hey, when you said about uh, you also had this uh, um, this Sun Observer before Glassfish, did you ever manually edit the Sun CMP mappings.xml file? Because had, that was I in had, the I had to because uh, if you would w wanted to deploy these CMP beans, you had to do this. Yes, yeah. And but then I use Xdocket, but I'm not sure for this. I use Xdocket for uh, Whitefly and BA. I never use the Sun commercial server commercially, only for workshops, uh, Sun workshops. So I was a freelancer working and for Sun, and I, I would say three times a year I delivered some workshops. Usually the uh, EJB and uh, which comprise a CMP and uh, architecture planning and design Genie. Um, Genie and RMI and Corba and all the stuff. Never the Java basics. It was a little bit too boring, I would say, for for for, for everyone, for me and for the audience. But the more uh, interesting stuff was really fun. So and then, uh, okay. So now uh, you are on the Java X side. What 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 always interests me? Why you are interested in Java E at all? Because you are the pragmatic scientist. You just need visualizations. You could actually run, if you know JVM, right? You could run your own server. You could create your own multi-threaded server at the, at the backend. There will be no big deal. And you stick with Java E. So this is remarkable. So I always wanted to ask you why. So, so, so one of the major goals why I really like Java E is because it's a standard. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, um, 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 you want to... Um, to leverage the same tools that are used by others as well. Mm -hmm. And if they are developed as a standard, um, there's much more chances that uh, they will be of high quality. So um, um, uh, whatever one could, could, could write a Java server, um, uh, it's, it's always much better if, uh, uh, um, if, if, if you follow a standard and if you benefit from, uh, from the uh, yeah, lessons learned by others. And that's something that I also learned with, uh, with OSGI, which, which used to be some sort of a standard as well. Um, um, I mean, there were companies that were, um, that, that were heavy experienced in a particular area. And uh, um, if you put two companies that have lots of experience in, a, in, in an area together and you let them discuss and you tell them that they should come up with a single uh, uh, approach, then um, they might have a fight in the beginning. But if they find each other, uh, they, they, they will create a standard. And that is what I really like about uh, uh, Java E. So, so IBM, uh, Sun, Oracle, uh, BA, and uh, uh, all those big companies um, uh, back in the days and, and, and still, uh, still going on uh, uh, with uh, Reddit and, so, uh, and uh, uh, Tommy uh, uh, included now, um, they have lots of expertise and uh, um, they combine it into uh, something that is, that, is, that is pretty cool. And nobody on earth can be an expert in, in everything. So... Um, so, for example, if I if I need to do something uh, related to persistence, I can I can use the uh, the Java E the JPA API uh, for uh, uh, for doing this, and I don't have to worry about how it is uh, done. But I know that some very smart people decided on how the API should look like, and uh, um, and some other smart people implemented it, and uh, um, that is um, um, that allows you to to focus on on the things that really matter uh, uh, to you. And uh, um, even though I'm always interested in everything going uh, uh, well from the, the Java code that I write to the um, to the execution of the uh, at, at the processor, it's it's good to um, to trust on some things. And and, and on uh, and on Java E, you can trust 
Yeah. What's funny, what you said right now, this was what you usually do in some project. If some ask me, you know, what about Java E? Should we use it or not? And I explained that to some startups with the effect. I would say I'm coaching right now three to four startups which do not care about the technology. They would like to have to something which work to, to move quickly. And they are extremely happy with application servers in Java E, which is really funny because you might think, okay, startups would like to have something more funky. But they are not funky at all. They would just like you no know, get, getting stuff done. Uh, they don't care whether it is implemented with Java E or I don't know Twisted Python or whatever we have, right? Yeah, but I think it, uh, it, it might actually be easier to convince those people uh, um, for using Java E um, because people with some background, uh, for, for for some reason, um, Java E is uh, uh, still often associated with uh, big and bloated and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, 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 and complex. Um, but if you're unbiased, and if you just uh, look at the numbers, then um, uh, then it's clear that it is not. And it, this is an example that I often give, and I think you, um, you see something uh, uh, similar. Often people tell me, um, I have a very simple uh, backend service. It's not going to do a lot, so I'll just write it uh, uh, as a POYO, and I, will, um, I don't have any dependencies. Mm -hmm. Apart from SLF4J and uh, uh, Apache Commons uh, uh, string and Apache Commons here and there, and, and maybe a few other libraries that are really cool for um, formatting some text. And, uh, um, and that's it. And then if they build a fat jar, it's uh, a few gigabytes. Um, and um, uh, if, you, um, if you would do the same with uh, Java E, and with the, uh, the APIs provided there, um, your, um, your application would be much smaller. And it would uh, only have uh, trusted certified uh, code uh, I think many people, and that's um, well, our great build tools hide, uh, often hide the um, uh, the dependencies. But it's amazing if you look at uh, some projects um, how um, that that say I can't use Java E because that's too heavy. And if you then look at the dependency dependency chain that they're using instead of Java E, it's uh, um, uh, amazing. Yeah, um, one project was also startup. They hired me uh, because for Java E consulting, but they didn't use Java E. I didn't knew that. So I arrived and uh, fired up the application service. So I, uh, I think I showed them Tommy and Whitefly and they asked me why it's so fast. It's, like, yeah, it's normal. <laughs> I mean, this is like uh, quite fast. There's no no magic. And what uh, what turned out, they use uh, some uh, fat jar approach and they they had to rebuild their old stuff over and over again uh, without any reason. So my deployment took three seconds and they're 30 and the result was <laughs> my war was about 10k and their 30 max and and they claimed there is no lightweight solution and at the end they uh, they asked me whether they should, should switch to application servers so I can uh, if you are happy with that just go with that so i don't see the point but if you are happy just do whatever you like right so there's no okay so this is actually interesting um now even more interesting so um you told me that you worked for the telematics company so you ported the JVM again. So you already ported JVM twice, right? Blackdown and the telematics are kind of port. Yeah. So 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 um, we first worked on a, a cafe at the telematics company, yeah. and then um, it was actually another team because I was uh, um, due to my license with uh, uh, Sun at that moment. I wasn't allowed to work on clean room implementation, but let's say that I I I could uh, give advice okay. on uh, some parts. Okay. So you created some powerpoints for them. And uh, <laughs> yep. 
uh, no PowerPoint. Is there a Linux uh, uh, alternative to PowerPoint? Uh, VI. VI. Okay, so you created some VI slides, right? And uh, or Emacs even. And uh, now, and now you have a gluon. And the gluon is, uh, I think, your third port, kind of, right? So what? You, so what it contains is a JavaFX, JavaFX ports. And uh, yes. my understanding is uh, you are able to run the uh, virtual machine on Android and iOS. Yeah. So, so, so the most important port, is, uh, so, so gluon um, provides a number of things. So the basic idea is. Uh, um, um, make it uh, easy for Java developers to run their Java client applications on mobile devices, uh, mm -hmm. um, phones and uh, uh, tablets and so so. Uh, um, that means that the UI, of course, needs to run on those devices. And uh, uh, therefore, we ported uh, JavaFX, which contains lots of uh, native code for doing the, uh, the hardware-accelerated rendering. We ported that to, uh, to Android and iOS. Um, but that's wasn't very hard because the rendering is done with uh, 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 on op uh, using OpenGL at least on uh, so Mac wait and a Linux. second. So you ported the virtual machine <laughs> to Android and iOS, or what you ported? Yes. So for iOS, so so we we ported the JavaFX native code mm -hmm. to uh, Android and iOS. Uh, on Android, uh, we can use the uh, the Dolvik virtual machine, but on iOS, we there's no Java allowed. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, what we uh, do there is initially we used the RoboVM virtual mm -hmm. machine, uh, which was an AOT compiler plus a virtual machine. But that's, uh, um, uh, that project was uh, was stopped. So then we uh, created was not stopped, RoboVM. It's commercial right now, right? Um, well. Uh, RoboVM was acquired by Xamarin, yeah, and Xamarin exactly. was acquired by Microsoft, and Microsoft decided uh, um, not to continue the development. Okay. Strange enough for a Java company, but anyway, that's what uh, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, so, so, um, so then we created, uh, uh, yeah, indeed, not really a new virtual machine because the Gluon VM is heavily based on OpenJDK. So the class part is completely um, uh, uh, the same as, uh, uh, as OpenJDK. So we use all the, the, the java.lang classes and the, the native uh, code and so. And there's a project in Oracle, OpenJDK Mobile, that uh, does everything um, uh, uh, for this. So that's something that we could leverage. But then we, uh, we, we, so, we can't so the use... Open, OpenJDK is running on iOS, kind of. Exactly, yes. Mm -hmm. So we have the... Uh, it's OpenJDK 9, so we... Uh, we bundle by default with the base module um, and uh, um, and then the four JavaFX modules, and then uh, uh, a few security modules, and then the SQL module, and so so. Java uh, nine is running on uh, uh, um, the Java nine, exact the same bytecode that you use on the server is also running on 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 iOS. Now, this is incredible, actually. And how big was the team which ported this? Uh, that's uh, um, so. So lots of work was done by uh, by Oracle, mm -hmm. uh, by uh, uh, by a small team at Oracle, and then uh, um, yeah, a few guys at uh, Gluon with some help. How, from how small was the team community. at Oracle? You know it? How many persons? Um, I think um, three, mm -hmm. three, three yeah. people from Oracle uh, were involved. Um, but if, if if you think about it, um, the um, the ARM chips uh, are not that much different. So the the difference between uh, um, uh, OpenJDK for um, for iOS or for um, uh, um, uh, Windows, Mac, Linux is not huge. Um, it's basically well, it, it's a bit more complex than that. But but in most cases, you just need uh, a different tool chain, cross compiling things with some different flags. 
okay. there you go. So it's it's not extremely uh, uh, impossible. It's just yeah, someone has to do it, and mm -hmm. and 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 that's what yeah, someone has to do. Okay. So uh, so this is the glue on VM. Um, well. The, the, the classes are one, but then you still need to run to, to execute the classes. So uh, you, you need a virtual machine. And because mm -hmm. that is not allowed to, to run as a virtual machine on, uh, uh, on iOS, um, we also need an AOT compiler. Uh, mm -hmm. Because what we do is uh, we, we compile the Java classes ahead of time. And we link them with the, uh, the virtual machine uh, library. And that is then uh, an iOS native executable that's, that is sent to iOS. So... As a consequence, uh, the, 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 the app that is uh, uploaded to the App Store is exactly the same of the same format and it has the same structure as any app that's being created with Xcode, for example. It, it just happened to be, to be running, to be running uh, Java uh, uh, instructions, but everything is compiled ahead of uh, uh, time. Mm -hmm. So we have a virtual machine and a ahead of time compiler, which is then uh, uh, combined with the, the Java core classes that are coming from OpenJDK. And, and, and those three parts is what we call uh, Gluon VM. Is it somehow based on the Java 9 AOT compiler or is this completely different? Um, at this moment, uh, what we, uh, we have a developer preview and it's, uh, at this moment it is, uh, so what we um, ship is not using the uh, GAOTC, mm -hmm. um, but um, as I hinted uh, a number of times, um, we're looking into it um, for, for a number of reasons. Um, so um, we definitely want to use uh, Graal um, because that's that's uh, it's it's an amazingly cool project uh, that's being developed in the Oracle Labs uh, now, and uh, um, it allows for uh, uh, AOT. So uh, we can definitely benefit uh, from it. Mm -hmm. um, at this moment, um, we still require um, because Apple requires that um, or might require that you compile your code to uh, to Bitcode LLVM intermediate uh, format, and that's not yet possible with Graal. But um, we're very much um, interested in um, uh, looking uh, into integrating Graal with Glue and VM. Okay, so on Android we have Delvik, so you have JVM for Android. So what do you, what do you have? And on uh, iOS. You have a ahead-of-time compiler which compiles a binary which is co absolutely compatible with the App Store from uh, from iOS. So no one recognizes actually Java pre-compiled code or yeah uh, yeah pre-compiled code. Um, and then you are you can run JavaFix on it, right? Yes, yes. So um, the JavaFix classes are ported to uh, to iOS and Android. So you're using the, the, the native JavaFX uh, um, uh, controls. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it's difficult to say are we native or, 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 or not. We're not using, for example, on iOS, we're not using uh, an, uh, the Cocoa Touch APIs and the, uh, and the buttons. But could you? Uh, uh, yes, we could, but then we lose platform independency. So we use a JavaFX button, but it's, uh, and that's what we provide with Gluon as well. We style it specifically for mobile. So we have a material design uh, team that we ship by default with Gluon. So if you create a Java application with Gluon and you, um, uh, you run it on Android, it will look like uh, uh, yeah, a material design, but on, on iOS it will look slightly different because we have different uh, style sheets, but the idea is still the same. But it's not an iOS button, it's a, it's a Java uh, button. Uh, but it's because it's, uh, um, uh, it's uh, rendered using OpenGL, it's directly using the hardware acceleration. Uh, so it's not um, as slow as, for example, running in a web uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, page. So it's not a hybrid framework where we use um, uh, uh, web components to do the visualization. It's really native components. They are rendered uh, 
on the GPU, so it's it's hardware accelerated native rendering uh, of the JavaFX controls. But this is interesting. Are you aware of React Native? Um, yes. So uh, they are using a little bit different approach. So they they they, they claim to have eighty and. 90 or 80 plus uh, compatibility layer between the, uh, the the platforms, but what they are using, they are using the native controls. And I think this could be also interesting. So if you could, you know, in future provide an option just to use the native without the portability option, native, absolutely native controls, and then you could compete with React Native. This this could be a really interesting option. Yes, but um, yeah, and and we to be honest, we considered that, and we um, we sent out a tweet poll uh, not so long ago for uh, polling interest in this. Now, it turns out that um, um, for um, for the market that we target, which is mainly the um, uh, the mobile enterprise, um, the cross-platform uh, um, branding mm -hmm. is more important than the um, uh, than the native branding. So. People typically want um, a native uh, 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 an application on uh, uh, on iOS, but they um, they don't want it uh, to look too much like an Apple application. If it's a big bank, they they want it to look like an uh, like a, uh, an application from that bank, and they want to have the same um, uh, look and feel on Android and on iOS. So the cross brand is to them more important than um, than the fact that it um, uh, is using. Um, the native iOS or Android buttons, and another advantage of uh, um, of the JavaFX approach here is that um, Apple uh, changes its uh, Cocoa Touch APIs every now and then, and mm -hmm. uh, Android does it as well. Um, and that's it's it's a disaster, and mm -hmm. it's very horrible for mobile app developers. Now, um, Java has a very has a very strong tradition in uh, backward compatibility, and um, if you create a Java application. Uh, with the JavaFX controls, you can be guaranteed that even if Apple and Android and Google upgrade their uh, their um, uh, their own uh, APIs and controls, you don't have to um, change your application because the JavaFX uh, API will still will still work. No, I'm absolutely with you, but I am working with some clients which are really interested in the native iOS look and feel because it's this enterprise company, but they would like you know to have the native iOS or Android experience. So I think it could be an interesting option because if someone will tell you, look, uh, you are not native, say, yeah, we could be. So this is like your our compatibility layer, but this is a different branch of the framework or call it somehow like uh, glue on native or whatever. And you get your controls, but you will stick with iOS, for instance, right? So this could be an interesting. And I think Twitter poll is a little bit dangerous because uh, lots of Java developers reading your tweets. And our mindset is different, you know. This is completely different to marketing departments of companies. Yeah, that is, that is very true. Now, to be to be honest, it's something that um, I don't uh, promote often. But um, if you create a Gluon project with uh, with uh, NetBeans or uh, ID uh, or in, uh, Eclipse, for example, then um, automatically there will be a directory uh, SRC um, Android and SRC iOS where you can still create the the specific uh, uh, code for that specific platform. So you can still you can already do it. Uh, actually, it's something that we don't we don't. Um, promote too often because um, it, it sometimes gives, gives a confusing message. It's cross-platform, but you still need to create uh, your own uh, UI for iOS and Android. But it is possible, and uh, um, well, yeah, maybe indeed we, sh we, we might have to, 
to brand it a bit more like uh, um, Glue on iOS native and Glue on Android native. Yes, because so. then, then then there are no more arguments again. You know, because mm-hmm. it's okay. You can you can have cross-platform or not. It's now your decision, and now you can decide whatever you like. Everything has a trade-off. Yep. So I, yep. I I didn't knew this this part. I thought you can only provide the uh, the iOS or sorry the platform independent part. Okay. Um, that that is really interesting because uh, I get uh, questions you know from some companies and they ask me actually of actually all companies asking me this: What is the future of JavaFX? And uh, it is hard to tell, so because uh, the future is obviously different. So how to call it? Marketing is also involved in future. And if uh, everyone believes in web, web becomes the future, regardless how how great JavaFX is. And uh, my concern, my biggest concern with JavaFX is uh, the hardware support, the official hardware support from Oracle. So if JavaFX, for instance, is Oracle, we have it already. So uh, Microsoft released ARM-based uh, notebook a few weeks ago. So And the question is, you know, how fast Oracle is going to support JavaFX on ARM on this notebook? And, uh, the, and this is the first danger, but we have you. So I mean, you could you could achieve that. So you ported Java several times. This is my questions: How often you post ported JVM already? So you could do this, and this is actually achievable. The problem, of course, is everyone looks at Oracle and Gluon or or LogOn could be too small, right? So this is a little bit my concern, but uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic after talking with you. So this is actually not mission impossible to porting, you know, a Java X from from Intel to ARM whatever Microsoft does. You could actually do this. Yeah, so there are a couple of things here. So first of all, um, the political situation of Oracle is clearly um, uh, investing in, in, in a virtual machine for the cloud. That's where their business uh, interest is in, so that's where they are investing uh, in. They are, they are not creating end-consumer uh, applications, and so so for them, JavaFX is, is, is less uh, relevant. Um, but that doesn't mean um, that they don't want to support it, and uh, uh, especially as a Java steward, um, uh, I'm... Uh, uh, I'm convinced that um, they will keep supporting the, the Java FX uh, community and, and, and ecosystem, and uh, um, in, 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 in probably in a more formal way as well. So um, there will definitely be um, uh, um, support from Oracle, but that does not mean that every uh, everyone has to rely on Oracle uh, for doing things. Now, for uh, Java FX um, specific, if you if, if if you talk about the um, um, uh, new hardware. The, um, the JavaFX APIs, uh, the implementation uh, rely, um, are benefiting from uh, standards as well. So as I said, OpenGL is heavily used. Uh, and if, if there are new uh, um, uh, GPUs, for example, um, that, don't, uh, um, uh, that don't implement or that don't, uh, yeah, that don't implement the version of OpenGL that, that JavaFX is currently using, then that version needs to be upgraded. But it's not something like... Um, in, there's there's not much uh, hardware specific code in uh, uh, in JavaFX. It's really targeting a few numbers of uh, uh, OpenGL extensions, and uh, um, and those have to be supported. And if there are new uh, um, new frameworks like, for example, Vulkan, then that can be a separate port as well. But the amount of code required there is is pretty small compared with the uh, to the whole framework. So it's clearly it's it's. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's extremely trivial. But it's uh, um, that that can't be a showstopper. Uh, 
Okay. Now, the so model what, that... What I would expect that Oracle will do this, you know, officially from the website. So those who like, uh, you know, the ARM, this is support. So this, this is just a message, you know. Um, yeah, that they might do that. But what we see um, that's happening is some uh, companies come to us and they say, um, well, Oracle is not supporting, for example, um, uh, JavaFX on the, uh, on the MIPS uh, platform. And uh, then we say, well, um, no, but we can do that. And uh, um, we um, actually, we recently have a customer that wanted a MIPS support and uh, they were willing to, uh, to pay for it. So we, we do that. They pay for it and um, they are very happy to make it open, uh, open source. And that's actually um, uh, something that we see happening uh, more often. There are more companies. Um, uh, we have a, a very big customer who doesn't want to be named, but they wanted some changes on some of the Java Vexa uh, controls. And um, they, they are willing to pay for this uh, because it's very important to their business. So they, they, they pay, we develop, and we contribute back to Java FX. And I think with, um, um, with, with more a sort of an independent organization, rather than relying on Oracle, this, this will become even better. Yes. Because people uh, and companies expect Oracle to do everything for free. Um, and, and, and they shout on Twitter and they think Oracle should answer. But if it's, if it's more um, like a company like uh, uh, Gluon who says, well, we can do this uh, for you, and, uh, but of course you have to pay uh, for it and, uh, and we can make it open source if, if, if you want, that model seems to work much better. Yeah, a lot better. So what should happen then is, you know, on the official JavaFX uh, website from Oracle, company like yours should be listed and say, look, uh, we, we support officially this platform, but... It is uh, very easy, and we have some partners which ported the JavaFX to several platforms already, so you can rely on them. So it's just the message important, because right now, if I get question from a large company, I cannot port JavaFX to, uh, I probably could, but it took no five years. So after I ported something, the project is over, right? So uh, I have to rely on official mes messages or um, from Oracle. And if you look at the page, there is just a view GPUs or whatever listed, And now I can say, sure, you can you can hire Gluon, and I always said Johan Foss did it already, but as a small company, you could be bought by whoever you know, not uh, not Oracle but CERN, for instance, another cool you know company, and then it just disappears. So there's a risk here, but if there were multiple companies, the risk is shared, and then it's something different. Exactly, that's the goal. So, and I agree here. The messaging is extremely important. So, and the Java X page at Oracle is at this moment not not very uh, encouraging for this. But um, I hope that this will change. So, we have pink Oracle and fix that, because the website shouldn't be an issue, right? I mean, this is the the main issue is you know this 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 the public information available at Oracle websites. All right. Very good. So, then we have CloudLink. And the cloud link looks like connector to the persistence or to the backend, right? Uh, persistence uh, in particular, but uh, uh, any functionality uh, uh, in general, yes. Yes, so you, you are able to use like REST-based communication with the backend, and the backend is implemented with Java E, right? It can be implemented with Java E. So, so CloudLink is a set of microservices all running on a Payara micro instances. Um, and... Uh, uh, And it, so rather than having mobile uh, devices connecting to um, backend systems directly, um, it's better to, um, uh, to tunnel that uh, through CloudLink uh, because often uh, connections need to be secure. 
Uh, so you need a, a, a key, a, a public key, a, a, a key pair to uh, to talk to that uh, backend. You don't want to put those keys on uh, on mobile devices, so therefore you put them in CloudLink, and CloudLink will then make the request on behalf of uh, of the mobile client. Uh, to the backend, we support REST. Um, we support some specific connectors like Couchbase uh, uh, connector, and recently we also support a serverless uh, uh, integration with serverless uh, functions like uh, the FN project or AWS uh, Lambda. So, if in your um, mobile application you need to uh, to perform some uh, some computations, but you don't have your own server, for example, you you want to, to get weather information and you want to combine that with some uh, city information. Um, what you can do then is you, um, you create a function in Glue on CloudLink and that will uh, call the weather information with the right credentials, the, the city information and so, and it will combine the information. So you just have some Java code there and it will combine the information and send the Java object back to the mobile client where you can immediately couple it with uh, the UI uh, uh, rendering. Yeah, cool. So you have complete offering. So from the uh, from backend to frontend. Yeah, well, that is exactly the goal. So uh, in many companies, unfortunately, mobile development and cloud development are two isolated um, uh, areas. And uh, uh, the mobile team they want uh, they have different goals. They want uh, they they tell the infrastructure team you have to open every port because we need to access this and this and this, and we're doing that in a strange language and there might be security holes, but we don't care. And the IT, the enterprise team, they um, they, are, they have completely different patterns that they follow. And uh, by offering Java end-to-end, -end, we make it possible for the enterprise developers to at least control uh, the, the the mobile part and, uh, and 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 the data flow from and to their uh, enterprise critical uh, functionalities. Okay, cool. So I would say thank you. It was uh, really nice to chat with you. And uh, the final question is, where can people find you or your company some, you know, how to find you on the internet, your Gluon and LodgeOn and your services? Yes, yeah, so, so they can go to any concert of Sting um, <laughs> or they can go to the uh, website gluonhq.com uh, uh, and uh, um, we have contact uh, forms uh, there, I think, or my Twitter handle is at uh, Johan Vos. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, Johan uh, is a single N, right? And V-O-S. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Maybe you can provide the link below this. Yeah. Send me just the links, you know, yep. all, all the links you have, and I will provide them in the description. We'll do that. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome.